This is the Life Truth Network. Quest for our Truth, Episode 428. <laughs> Quest for Truth, presented by Protectorate Productions and HPN, Heltsley Podcast Network. Now located at life-truth.com. And now, here are your hosts, Keith Heltsley and Nathan Caldwell. Hey, this is your host, Keith, and it is once again time for Quest for Truth. And uh, through our month of July, I'm continuing our theme of talking about uh, American government, civics, citizenship, and the like. I figured it would be a, uh, a something of a good break uh, to sidestep from the gospel. It still covers our, our mission of examining worldviews. And... Uh, for our source today, I turn to a traditional good old standby of what it's like to be a good citizen, being prepared as a good Boy Scout, because that's a big thing they learn, or they used to at least, whenever I was in it, my kids were in it. Uh, and the, the, so we're going to look at how uh, the Boy Scouts present uh, American government and its importance uh, and uh, some other features of what uh, is taught to young boys. Uh, I hope it still is. Uh, if it's not, it used to be. I guarantee that. <laughs> um, without too much uh, further words of description, you'll hear me talk a lot about it. Oh, I, I did notice too late after the fact. I didn't have that flaky microphone that I've used sometimes where it just likes to drop off didn't seem to be too awful uh, so hopefully uh, you can be patient with me on that uh, so here we go we'll listen to it right after these uh, few words from the good folks at the Christian podcast community.com which we are a part of along with many other uh, very knowledgeable people in the areas of theology and homeschooling and uh, just regular Christian life, how to uh, get along, devotional thoughts and all like that. But anyway, you'll hear a few voices there that will sound like these right here. Thoroughly Equipped is part of Striving for Eternity's Christian podcast community. Striving for Eternity is a Christ-centered ministry focused on equipping people for eternity by assisting Christians to have an eternal perspective on life. They strive to bring evangelism, discipleship, apologetics, and Christian living together for the purpose of eternal preparation by exalting God, edifying and equipping the saints, and evangelizing the lost. They provide speakers, online articles, online courses, books, podcasts, and other theological resources, all centered on God's Word. To find out more, go to strivingforeternity.org. And to listen to other podcasts, go to podcast.strivingforeternity.org. I pray that their resources bless you as they have blessed me as we live our lives day by day, praising and glorifying God.
What does it really mean to love your neighbor as yourself? Confusion or faulty beliefs on this point will result in nothing more than pain and relational carnage. Christians must submit their understanding of love to God's revealed word. Love is not a feeling. Love is not tolerance or acceptance or ambivalence. Love is not merely romance. Love is a universe-altering choice to want and work toward God's best interest for the people in our lives, whether they want it or not, because that's how God loves us. The one true God of the universe has existed since eternity past in ultimate perfection. He spoke the cosmos into existence for his soul, honor, and glory. He moved heaven and earth to redeem mankind, even though we have nothing to offer him. And he's given us everything we need for life and godliness in his word. He deserves our worship. He deserves our adoration. He deserves our praise. I'm your host, A.M. Brewster, and this is the Celebration of God. If you want to know God better, celebrate Him more, and help the ones you love to do the same, subscribe to this podcast and visit celebrationofgod.com to learn more about this dynamic discipleship resource. And remember, the Celebration of God is a listener-supported ministry. Main Topic Can I read through these notes? Let me just preface this by saying that I understand that the Boy Scouts of America seems to have wandered off for the trail, as it were. That's what Boy Scouts do, wander down the trail, not off the trail. But they have gotten off the trail just a little bit over the last, oh, maybe 20 years. But whenever my kids were in it, back in the middle 90s, late 90s, somewhere in there, uh, it was still a really good program. It was before all the pressure from all the homosexual groups to allow them in uh, or acknowledge them to allow girls in. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, I say that because I... Opened up one of my old scouting handbooks. Was, I don't know what the copyright is, but it was, it was a version that was new. Uh, whenever my kids were in, in the mid to late nineties, so it was probably around copyright. I want to say ninety-two or four, somewhere in there. And um, I went looking through the section where the Boy Scouts taught about citizenship. And now I don't have time to to go through the whole section that could take hours just to read through it. Uh, but to kind of glean some high points, what the, is in the way the Boy Scouts at least used to teach uh, democracy and government, is there's three levels to it. Uh, first of all, there's a national level. There is a, a community level. And there is a family level. Now we're going to talk, we're not going to talk about the family level and we probably won't be talking about the community level, but what I do want to focus on is the uh, national level. And in particular, there's going to be three items here. The American's Creed. Now remember the American's Creed remember I was in Boy Scouts or remember, I remember that I learned about it. I, I don't recall uh, ever learning it per se, 
But apparently it used to be a really big uh, thing uh, in, in the early days of the 20th century, back before the even the Pledge of Allegiance got really popular. But, but the Pe- Pledge of Allegiance, we'll be talking about that a little bit. We'll be talking a little bit about flag etiquette and history. And so with that, we'll continue here and look at some history and concepts. For one thing, uh, what exactly is democracy? And it's a desire for freedom. You desire freedom, and this is where liberty is where it comes from. It's not really democracy. Uh, but it is important to be free. And all freedom really is, is, honestly, freedom is kind of an illusion. Freedom just allows you to pick the things you're going to enslave yourself to. And the idea is you're going to enslave yourself to something beneficial. Uh, you're going to enslave yourself to be a follower of Christ. Good thing. Or uh, enslave yourself to follow drugs. Bad thing. Uh, but freedom is really just the ability to choose who you want to enslave. Uh, but anyway, with America, what freedom meant was it, uh, it was a desire to break free from England. Uh, and because of course England is the people who not entirely, uh, settled America, but at least what we call, you know, New England, that was all English colony. There were other colonies because centered around Louisiana was where the French had their colonies. Florida was where the Spanish, also the West Coast had colonies. Uh, there were uh, Dutch regions within the New England actually and others. But by the time of the middle 1700s, uh, Americans, because they were known as Americans then. There was the American colonies. And they had been in, under the, the thumb of merry old England over there. And they just didn't feel that the English were in touch with what it was like to live in America. Uh, they tried to, in, in, what's the word I'm looking for? Instill uh, the British way of doing things, which is you know, very, I guess, cultured and urbane, citified, uh, onto a land that was largely uh, wild and forested and uh, covered in farmlands, and very few people actually lived there. Comparatively speaking, there was people that lived there. They were cities. But with a democracy... Which demo means people and the crassy part means rule or power. So it's a nation that's ruled by people. It's the people who rule it by electing officials to do decentralized work. Uh, it's a centralized form of government where, uh, you know, the guys on top who you elect are the ones who interact on a global stage while the citizens uh, do what they do. They, they are free to do what they want to do, uh, but they don't, you don't have to worry about being your own ambassador to England or France, and that's why you elect that guy for it. Um, but 
citizens vote on their leaders, uh, and then we have the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, which are the first ten amendments, and, and those documents guide our governmental leaders on how they're supposed to be representing us, the common citizen. So the Constitution, Bill of Rights, just look at that just a little bit. They spell out freedoms that we have, the freedom of speech, the right to bear arms, uh, and various other freedoms, the freedom not to be uh, searched without warrant, not to have your property seized without a warrant or reason why. Uh, they um, spell out liberties to all. Now, now here says no slaves. Liberty is to all. No slaves. I, 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 I think what my note was supposed to mean by that is, uh, you know, these days people say, well, the, it's really much you know, old white dudes and slaves weren't part of it. But honestly, if you look at the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, even though slavery did exist, and even though some of those founding fathers owned slaves, not all of them, in fact, probably a majority of them did not, uh, there is verbiage to indicate that they had the intention of getting rid of slavery, that it was not a, a toler- tolerated uh, institution. And even though slavery did exist, that the aim was for it not to. And so that these liberties were actually uh, written to be intended for everybody, really, including uh, eventually free slaves. Uh, but the Constitution uh, is defended by the military, but it also defended by people of all walks of life. We all should uh, recognize our duty to defend the Constitution. Now, the military can defend it, uh, you know, by invaders, foreign and domestic, uh, uh, and even the senators and Congress people will, will pledge much the same oath to defend the Constitution uh, from invaders is the right word <laughs> threats from foreign and domestic. Um, but everyone should have a, have a part in that. Everyone should be able to recognize a uh, a breach uh, of constitutional rights and. Uh, and be willing to stick up for your fellow citizens when you see somebody being silenced or somebody being uh, mistreated. And, and honestly, it's mistreated by the government. When you see government overreach, you see the government trying to silence you. You see the government trying to take your weapon. You see the government trying to seize your property. We all need to stand up for it. Uh, and what it takes for a good democracy is to have informed citizens who can make wise choices and, and uh, claim their responsibilities. It, it is the responsibility and duty of every citizen to uh, uphold and defend the Constitution. You know, getting back to this national idea, let's look at the Americans' creed. Uh, and it's attributed to 
William Tyler Page. And honestly, it's, it's not that he wrote it, because what this American's Creed is, is a compilation of, uh, quotations. Uh, it's a gathering of various quotes and sayings uh, by various uh, founding fathers and important uh, uh, figures in history. It, but it sums up the ideals of rights and responsibilities of an American. For example, uh, I believe in the American, well, one more time, <laughs> I believe in the United States of America uh, as a government of the people, by the people, for the people, whose just powers are derived from the consent of the government, a democracy, and a republic, the sovereign nation of many sovereign states, a perfect union, one and inseparable, established upon those principles of freedom, equality, justice, and humanity for which American patriots sacrificed their lives and fortunes. I therefore believe it is my duty to my country to love it, to support its constitution, to obey its laws, to respect its flag, and to defend it against all enemies. Now, to, uh, a quick explanation of it is that with the part where it says, I believe in the United States of America, it's rich in resources, all the resources of America, it's rich in citizens. Now, this is the 1990s Boy Scout way of saying it's rich in diversity. There is a rich, diverse uh, collection of citizens, and we should be proud of that. Uh, but now we're, our strength is not in that diversity, the unity, I can't say the word, in being American. Uh, but it's to make life for yourself and for The next statement uh, as a government for the people, by the people, for the people, uh, means it's made up, again, of individuals. The constitutional rights are for each. Equality, despite uh, color, wealth, sex, belief, which means equal rights for all. I know there's people trying to give extra rights to certain disadvantaged groups, but extra rights are not equal Rights, and that's not what our constitution is about. The next phrase, whose just powers are derived from the uh, consent of the governed, a democracy, and a republic. And to explain that, we have a duty to vote of of legal age, which eighteen. You have the duty. To vote. Is it a right? No. It's a duty to vote. Uh, there are qualifications to that duty. You, you have to be also entitled to have that duty. And there are some disqualifiers to or remove that entitlement. Part of that is being a felony, but there are uh, We should be an informed citizen. Because if you're not a formed constitution, how can you be informed on who to vote for? You're just going to blindly vote for who your neighbor says to vote for. Uh, but we are a sovereign nation of many sovereign states, is one phrase. Uh, there uh, are federal laws by Congress. The executive branch carries out those laws. 
and the Supreme Court uh, will determine and ensuring that those laws are constitutional. So you have those uh, areas support. Each state then will also enact laws that affect uh, for, for citizens to people who live in that state. So the laws of Illinois are not the same as the laws of Texas. They're not the same as the laws of Oregon. Each state make their own constitution and laws to suit the people who live there. Uh, but sovereigns state, they control their own affairs. As long as you're under the umbrella of federal. But the states will determine more how you live your life in that state. Uh, it is a perfect union, one and inseparable. It's not an easy thing <laughs> to, with all of our diversity and schisms that we have. But we should make it a goal to make it as good as possible for everyone. Established upon those principles of freedom, equality, justice, and humanity, this complaint by, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to continue on, uh, for which American patriots sacrifice their lives and fortune. Now, applying to the original founders, some of them did die for their country and lose fortunes. But since then, uh, certainly that's the case, that many common people like you and me fought and died in wars and uh, lost their their life, uh, their forever youth, because that's when they died. Uh, but we should desire freedom, equality, justice, and humanity for all. Uh, and we should recognize that that there has been sacrifices of wealth, life, and skill to maintain these liberties and freedoms. Uh, then... The, the final part of this creed is uh, in these four statements. I therefore believe it's my duty to my country to love it. Okay. It, our country's land keeps us you know, living. It's our livelihood. It's laws protect our lives. We should show love to it. Uh, it that's a duty. We, we should be duty-bound to our country uh, to support its constitution. What that would mean is that uh, the Constitution is the foundation where we get our land. We should support its laws for others, even if we are in disagreement with those others. In other words, the law pl- applies to me and to you, despite whatever your uh, social political beliefs might be. Uh, we both have the same constitutional rights and freedoms and liberties. And it, whenever we see an infraction, we shouldn't say, ha, ha, look at that guy. He's getting his. No, no, if it's a legitimate constitutional infraction, we should be sticking up for that. Um, we should obey it fine. Of course, by obeying, we are, are strengthening the protection of the laws. Because the more people that are obeying, oh, do not murder, then the less people are being murdered. <laughs> and it strengthens that. Uh, whenever somebody does do something 
uh, say they murdered somebody and that's the norm to not, then people are going to notice that and you're going to say, wow, that guy needs to be put away because he broke the law. Uh, but by obeying the law is we strengthen the law. Uh, and the way you should seek to improve uh, citizenship, uh, we should respect our nations, meaning that uh, it's it, the flag, after all, is a symbol of the country, but a symbol, I mean, as a symbol, it represents the country. It doesn't matter what their flag looks like. It's red, white in our case. It has stripes and stars and a blue field in our case. Some other country would have a different color scheme. Uh, or, But whatever the colors of whatever country, it is the symbol, and we should respect that flag because by doing that, it respects that country, its people, and the way of life. So if people who are citizens can't respect their own flag, you're disrespecting yourself and you're disrespecting your way of life. Uh, we should defend it against all enemies. Uh, it, 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 it mentioned before, relies on uh, citizens and military to keep safe. Uh, it's safe. I mean, our country is safe. Uh, it relies on everybody. It's not people who or in uniform, uh, everybody has a duty uh, to keep America safe. Uh, now, let's look real quickly at pledge. Uh, now, everyone knows what the pledge allegiance is, so let me just go into explanation of the parts. Now, if you know who Red Skelton is, I'm sure you're familiar with the very famous uh, explanation of the pledge that he did uh, back in the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, this is not repeating his work, but it's the, the Boy Scout <laughs> explanation as it would appear in the, the, the 1990-ish uh, copyright edition. Uh, I pledge allegiance, promise, loyalty to a nation, promise to be true. Allegiance means uh, true, true. Uh, to the flag, to the symbol of our country, we're true to our country, of the United States of America. Which is, as you mentioned, made up of states, territories, each with its rights. For example, our territory, we have Puerto Rico, we have territory uh, of Guam. They each have their own local uh, laws and rules and liberties. And to the republic, uh, which is a form of democracy that we have here, where the people elect uh, representative uh, leaders. For which it stands, the flag that represents the country, we should rep- uh, be aware that represents one nation under God. You're free to believe in God, uh, in, or not believe in God at all, uh, but it's indivisible, which means not split into parts, unified. Unity is America's strength, not diversity. You can be all kinds of diversity. But if you're not unified, there is no strength. With liberty and justice, which is free, means freedom of fairness, which, of course, is every person. Um, you know, that thing about diversity and unity, if you think about the symbol of our nation, the flag, how, how many diverse 
parts are there. You have uh, 13 stripes, but not all the stripes are the same. You got red ones, you got white ones. There's diversity stripes, but there's diversity red and white. You you have a blue field, which is not a stripe, it's, and it's neither red nor white diversity. And then you have stars that represent each of the 50 states as they came on board. And more stars can be added if more states are ever added. So, you know, looking at the flag, you see diversity. You see diverse elements, but it's unified as one flag. Anyway, um, a little bit of flag etiquette and history. Um, I think I might not go there because that does get a little bit long. But let me just run through a little bit on community. Um if you think about industry, business, uh, services, uh, they all give character to the town that we live in, or you don't live in town, the rural area that you're a part of. We have neighbors in the community. Uh, in our community, we should be relying on the wisdom of our elderly. Uh, not that I would consider myself elderly, but some people might. <laughs> Those things about community that uh, pertain to civics that we uh, should be glad to be a part of. Uh, just real quickly, uh, with family, I don't have any more notes on here. I've been going quite some time. But if you think about your family, think about the the civics, the community that your family plays. I mean, you, you don't have a constitution in your family per se, but you have people who have relationships. You have mom and dad, and you have kids. There's a relationship there. You have a relationship between uh, uh, the siblings. You have uncles and aunts. There's a relationship there. There's maybe a little bit of authority there, too because they're of, of an older generation similar to your parents. You have grandparents. You have, uh, you know, great uncles and great aunts. You have a whole um, community just in your family. And, you know, ethics uh, is important because, you know, through biblical teaching, we know and understand how to get along. And civics is just the rules that, that pertain uh, maybe families don't have constitutions, but you certainly have rules like don't jump on the couch, uh, don't let the dog drink out of the toilet, <laughs> you got to mow the grass every Saturday. Uh, you have certain rules. You have certain rules where he dictates who washes the dishes today. Uh, there are rules, unwritten rules in the family. They're casual. They're ever-changing. And families, like a democracy, can take part in making those rules evolve. So really quickly, I guess I did touch on all three of those levels a little bit, uh, but I, I actually got through my notes. I didn't get a chance to read through the flag etiquette because there is actually a lot to that. Uh, but, hey, if you go to your local library and find the Boy Scout manual circa 1990-ish, uh, you'll be able to read this. Now, I think... Even in the older version, I had the old ugly green Boy Scout angle from the 1970s. Blah. <laughs> but it's still, the contents, it still covered a lot of this. Uh, and so, hey, this is what people used to teach in Boy Scouts. Whether they still do or not, it's a shame if they don't. 
But uh, that's all I got for this session, and I hope that we all learn a little bit about uh, our government and its elements and unity and being having a little bit of national pride. Uh, but we should also be proud of the fact that we're Christians. And if you're not, well, uh, I, I hope that you can find a local church or somewhere to help you uh, uh, become a Christian. Uh, for now, hold that thought. Wait just a moment. And right after a few words from the Christian podcast community, we'll tell you how you might uh, become a Christian. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. Good to have you with us. I am your squirrel, coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Squirrel Chatter is a podcast that is dedicated primarily to the public reading of Scripture. Please remember to do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not to do. Do everything you do for the glory of the Lord. And we'll see you again here tomorrow for another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster. Religionless Christianity with Spencer and Nicole Tosi. Five-minute daily devotionals with religionless Christianity. Today we're going to be reading and discussing Luke chapter... Our proverb of the day comes from chapter 26, verse 24. Whoever hates disguises himself with his lips and harbors deceit in his heart. Now I'm praying for you from Psalm 145. May the Lord show you he is gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, that the Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. May you know the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth, that the Lord preserves all who love him. God bless. Find out more at religionlesschristianitypodcast.com. Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Romaldi here with Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and we bring it to the streets. How's everybody doing this morning? Nice morning here in Arizona. Well, keep us in prayer. I'll keep you guys in prayer. Uh, this is Pastor Dominic Romaldi, Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and we bring it to the streets. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.
Let's talk about the world need for a savior. Um, the question could be posed and should be that if you were to die right now, are you absolutely sure that you'd go to heaven? Let me put it to you this way. If you were to die right now and you were standing at the throne of God and he were to ask you, why should I let you in to my heaven? What would your answer be? Well, for a bunch of people, they would say you can't know whether you're going to heaven or not. Others would say something to the effect of, I think I would be okay because I'm a good guy. I'm a nice guy. Others may say they're just not sure. But the good news is that heaven is a free gift. It's a free gift. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Heaven is a free gift. It cannot be earned or deserved. <clears throat> if I was to buy you a car, and you were to... And I was to say, hey, this is yours. I'm giving it to you. And you just reach in your pocket. She's like, oh, I don't. I got to give you something for it. You reach in your pocket, and all you had was a dime. And you pull it here. Now I've given you something for it. Now it's not free. <clears throat> That's an insult to me for two reasons. One, um, I was giving you the car. <laughs> Two, that car's worth a whole lot more than dime. Dime cars don't run. <laughs> um, it's worth a whole lot more. Well... Same could be said in, in a sense about eternal life and our trying to earn it. You see, Isaiah 64, 6 tells us that our works are like filthy rags to God. Our righteousness are as filthy rags to God. And to offer God filthy rags for something he wants to give us for free is nasty. <laughs> it's messed up. Yes, heaven is a free gift. <clears throat> but it's clear when you look at what the Bible says about man. You see, man is a sinner. Every one of us, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
Every one of us. And man cannot save himself. Look at... Um, suppose I was to make a 10 egg omelet. And... I had nine good eggs, and I, the last egg was kind of messed up. It was rotten, actually. It was not kind of messed up. It was definitely messed up. It smelled. But I thought, I've got nine good eggs in there. This one rotten won't hurt it. And I put that in there, and I cooked that thing. Would you eat it? I know I wouldn't. Why? Because there's a rotten egg in there. It ruins the rest of it. And that's how it is with our sin. We can't save ourselves because our sins ruin us. Suppose you just committed three sins a day. Do you know when you add it all up, that's over a thousand sins a year? Can you imagine a criminal standing before a judge with over 70,000 sins to answer for, or 70,000 crimes to answer for, which, by the way, is what sin is. It's uh, disobedience against God. It's a crime against God is what a sin is. 70,000 crimes to answer for. Judge, you throw the book at you. And that's what's going to happen to those who do not trust Christ. Heaven is a free gift. Can't be earned or deserved. Man is a sinner. Cannot save himself. And the problem is issued, and, and things become a little clearer when we look at what the Bible says about God, who is a loving God and doesn't want to punish us. The Bible says God is love. Uh But in Exodus 34, 7, we see that God is a God who does not by any means clear the guilty. And by clear, of course, we mean uh, wipe the slate clean, no justice is done. But God's not going to do that because God's a just God and he has to punish sin. He has to. And rightly so. You be the judge. If a criminal comes in front of you, and you're, we're talking about a right judge, not some kind of, we're talking about somebody who's doing the job of a just judge. Criminal comes in front of you and says, hey, I realize that I stole that money, but you guys got it back and nobody was hurt. Can you just let me go? Not if you're a just judge, you won't. God is the most just of judges. He must punish sin. And in all honesty, I don't know, I don't think I want a judge, I'm sorry, a God who is not just because 
There's a lot of evil in this world. I mean, even people who are atheists talk about the evil in the world. There's a lot of evil in this world. There's a lot of evil people in this world. Do I want them to repent? Yes, I do. But if they don't, I sure don't want them to go away scot-free. God's a loving God, but He's also a just God. And he has to punish sin. So there is, in our situation, it would look like a dilemma, but God had a solution. Had a solution from the foundation of the world. You see, God solved the, this problem in the person of Jesus Christ, who was God that became man. Down here on earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross and rose from the dead so that we could have our sins paid for. I like what Ray Comfort says. It's like a judge issuing you a fine and then stepping down from the the judge's bench, taking off his robe and saying, I'm going to pay the fine for you. That's what God did for us in Jesus Christ. He paid the fine for us. This is received by faith. I'll tell you what faith isn't. <clears throat> it's not a mental acknowledgement. James 2.19, I believe it is, says, uh, you believe there's one God, you do well. The devils also believe in tremble. You know, just knowing that God exists or knowing that Jesus did what he did, it's not going to help you. Faith is trust. Trust. And the kind of trust we're looking for is trust. I'll give you an example. Best example I know. Pull out a chair, look at it. You know what? I believe that chair will hold me. I do. And I can put my keys in that chair. I can put my wallet in that chair. I can put a family member in that chair. But that chair ain't holding me until I sit in the chair. It's the same way with Jesus Christ. I can trust God with my finances. I can trust Him with my family. I can trust Him with any aspect of my life. But unless I'm trusting Jesus Christ with my soul, myself, then there's no help for me.
How do you receive it? By faith. By trust. Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation <laughs> You almost want to say it's both hard and complicated. It's complicated because people don't want to release their involvement in it and, and there is no we in, in salvation. It's all God, it's all Christ. <clears throat> all we do is have faith. <clears throat> we turn from our sin, ask him to ask God to forgive us of our sins and trust him for for salvation. That's that's all we do. And when I say turn from our sin, I don't mean works. I just mean it's an attitude. Trust Jesus today. Put your soul in His care. Let Him be Lord of your life. Put Him in charge. All right, and uh, with that word from Nathan Caldwell about the gospel message, uh, I don't have anything else to say. Uh, just stay tuned. We have at least another show or two, I think, uh, in the month of July to talk about uh, government issues, citizenship issues, uh, things that we all, uh, even as Christians, should be uh, uh, eagerly learning and teaching uh, our younger ones to love their country as and love their God as well. Uh, so with that, uh, this is your host, Keith Singh, signing off. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. And right now, here's how you can find us all over the interwebs. So leave us a message. We really would love to hear from you. Once again, thanks for listening. Visit life-truth.com where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May the word of Christ dwell on you richly. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. Thanks for listening.